Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, good morning, everybody. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ. He's the reason we're here. Welcome, everybody, on the south side. One more time. Give it up for Jesus today. Lord, we love you, and you're the reason we're here. I'm so glad to be with you this morning on Father's Day. Look at a dad next to you and say, way to go, sir. Way to go, sir. Yeah. Today I've got a message for dads, all right? So we're going to start. Let's just get this going. 1 John 4 and 2, it says this. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So our confession, our confession of Jesus as Lord is central to everything. That's why when you worship, you ought to say, Jesus, I love you. You're the Lord of my life. Stuff like that. It's powerful. There's power in that. It causes the demonic to be pushed back. And it allows the grace of God to work in your life. It says, then this is the, verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming. And now, say now, now it's in the world. There is a spirit in the world that pushes everything away from Jesus. Everything away from the knowledge of God. And then I want to take you to the Old Testament. And I want to show you a picture first. This right here is the Tower of Babel. I'm mixing it up on them. That's the Tower of Babel. You can read about it in Genesis 11. Here's the story. There were a group of people that wanted to uh, build their own path to God, absent of God. And they had a mind to work. So they began to build this tower in the hope that they would reach the heavens. Genesis 11 and 4 says this. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let's let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. This desire in the heart of man to get to God, to get to heaven without God, is the Antichrist spirit. It's a spirit that says, give me any solution except Jesus. Give me any path except the path of Jesus. And there's always been a desire in the hearts of fallen men to establish a government or a type of brotherhood of man without God being involved. It can only be a utopia if we can, we can just achieve unity through our humanity. And let me tell you a secret, there is no unity in our humanity. The only thing that can cause us to be unified is our hearts to be changed by the power and grace of Jesus Christ. They can't, we can't get unity in our humanity. And so the Tower of Babel that I showed you is one of man's earliest attempts to unite themselves in a sort of allegiance outside the authority of God. The Bible teaches that's the spirit of Antichrist and it, it will come to manifestation and it will be very much evident and stronger in the last days that I believe we're living in. And so globalization. If you see a move toward globalization, know that whether the people know it or not, there's an Antichrist spirit pushing that. 
The spirit of the age wants to seek unity in the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God. The spirit of the age wants to find unity in the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God. You're like, that doesn't sound bad. It's bad. Because you're denying the reality of our great need for God to guide us, direct us, and lead us. You're denying that our hearts are without grace and without strength and without help of our own, without Jesus to change them. And so, um, you know, this teaching and this mentality that mankind, humanity, is sufficient without God is a lie. You'll never be complete without God. Like, so, so, so then here's what people will do as substitutes or pseudo-saviors to deny the knowledge of God. Now, none of this stuff's bad in and of itself. It's bad when you attach a desire to distance yourself from God by adhering to this. Are you ready? So, through education that denies God, through mental health awareness that denies God, through, through a, uh, a uh, anti-religion denying God, through the promotion of self-denying God, all of that is a move toward pushing people to a harmony that we could have on this earth absent of God transforming and changing our hearts. And so Satan wants to rule the world, and he can only do that after the inhabitants of the world are living as one. If you read the book of Revelation, you'll see that the Antichrist spirit this is heavy, but y'all are grown folks, so here we go. In the, in the, in the book of uh, Revelation, the Antichrist is working toward one world global currency, one world global government, one world global religion, probably the integration of technology into the human body for the purpose of limiting and allowing all commerce. All of that is a focus toward creating a utopia on earth that can be accomplished without God. So... Uh, that's what they tried to do with the Tower of Babel. We're going to get our path to God, absent of God. The only remedy to sin and evil in the world is Jesus. In him, there's true peace and love. And so atheists, those that do not believe in God, will point to the evils of racism. They'll point to the evils of greed. They'll point to the evils of political corruption. And rightly so, because these things are evil. By the way, shout out to all my my black and brown brothers for Juneteenth this weekend. God bless you. Celebrate with you on that. But in that attack, they're only attacking symptoms and not the source of the sickness. It's easy to blame society, but the issue is men's hearts, not just society. You ever have your package not delivered to your house from Amazon? Didn't show up. So who are you going to blame? Amazon. Well, who's that? I don't know. It's like taking, and I'm working this thought out in real time, but essentially blaming society versus blaming the hearts of men is like blaming Amazon rather than being able to blame Jeff Bezos because you know Jeff Bezos ain't driving no delivery truck. So you can't blame society and get any kind of meaningful result. How do you even contact Amazon customer service? I don't know. But with the problems in our world, the human heart is the issue. 
You see, and, and when, when the unsaved complain about these evils in the world, they usually do it with the desire to manipulate and with selfish ambition behind it. But believers hate sin just because it's sin. We hate sin just because it's sin. That's our motive right there. And so we know the heart of man is wicked and that there can be no unity in our humanity alone. And language is being changed. Uh, the language has changed from we're no longer all God's children. Now we're part of one human family. It may seem subtle, but it's a big difference in thinking. It's a big difference in thinking. And so uh, it doesn't take much to see the ever-increasing evilness in the world. And the reason is that in the majority of the world, the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. And so that, that, that spirit is subtly changing and creating darkness all around us. And so Babel and the idea to get to God without God is a lie. And our world is crying out for answers because there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of division, there's a lot of hurt. And the worst thing we can do is try to have a conversation about these issues without involving Jesus Christ. I've been around people. They would, they would love to go rub a, a Buddha statue. They would go love to, to chase after Eastern philosophy. But if you mention Jesus, they'll shut it down. That is the spirit of Antichrist. The societal, dark, the societal darkness around us is pushing for an alignment with culture to gain peace, but I'll tell you right now, that is a misalignment with God. You can't love the world in the sin. Now, I'm not talking about people in the world. You can love lost people, love them, chase them, do everything, but you cannot love society's wickedness and be a friend of God. And, and I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not trying to change or save America. I'm trying to save Americans. That's what I'm trying to do here today. The idea of this solution without God is what atheism, communism, and socialism is built on. Don't let them tell you socialism's just never been done right. It's failed every time. And it leads toward atheism. Communist societies do not even allow the goodness of God to be involved. All these, these structures of men are crying and trying to create a utopia that we can live in, but they will never work because Babel is always confounded. Babel is always thrown down. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just a new idea. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And so in Matthew 16 and 5, Jesus is giving a warning in a weird way, to his disciples. They're going across the lake, and they forget to make sandwiches. Any Father's Day uh, men out there going to have a sandwich today? Just maybe later, you know, maybe just a little sandwich action. You know what I'm talking about. Well, they, they, were, they were going across the river, and they didn't have any sandwiches. And 16 and 5 says, later after they crossed the other side of the lake, the, the disciples discovered that they had forgotten to bring in his sandwiches. And so they're telling Jesus this, like, we saw what you can do. Maybe to make up a little Philly cheese steak, make up a little, little turkey avocado bravo for, you know, little ham sandwich. Maybe, Lord Jesus, I know we're Jews, but praise God, we're living in. Verse 6, Jesus says something weird, like he's not paying attention. He's like, watch out. Like, what are the flying sandwiches? No, watch out. Jesus warned. 
because of the yeast in the bread. What? The yeast in the bread, because of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 12, skipping. Then at last, they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast in bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Deceptive teaching is trying to be pushed into all of your souls. Deceptive teaching is like yeast. Now, yeast is interesting. You use yeast to make bread rise. You use yeast to make beer. Come on, somebody. And when you put a little yeast in something, it doesn't just affect the segment. It doesn't just affect the place it touched. Yeast has a pervasive quality to it that moves throughout the entire loaf of bread. That's why when we take communion, you wonder why it doesn't taste like Lambert's throw rolls. It's because it's unleavened or unyeasted bread that's symbolizing the purity of Christ, the pure teaching of Christ. Well, today, because it's Father's Day, I'm going to open a cold one. Ah, yeah. This here is a root beer. Now, it's okay for me to drink this in church because it doesn't have yeast in it. But you put a little yeast in this, it becomes a brewski. <laughs> becomes a burr. Look at your neighbor say, burr. And if I cracked open a burr in church, some people would love it, other people would hate it. We're not doing it. But when you put yeast in something, it changes everything. And yeast is tricky. Because it identifies correct problems but presents problematic solutions. It's possible to eat yeast and not know it because it's not overt. It's always concealed and it always goes throughout. And this yeast of false teaching is affecting businesses, governments, schools, and even some churches that somehow human means can get us to God. Can't, never will, never can. Build your tower all you want to. God will bring it down to nothing. The spirit of Antichrist is not just changing what people know. It's changing how people know. And it's attacking things God created, like family. Family is one man, one woman, living for God for life. The church is not an instrument of oppression. The church is God's chosen method for inviting people into the family of God for the earth. Gender, there's only two. God, now, if I, I've had a little root beer, so if I have to pull the mic away, you're going to know the root beer is affecting me. There's only two genders. I don't care what they tell you at school. They're crazy. They're all crazy. They've all lost their minds. You're either born a man or a woman, and it's because God has chosen and ordained that. Every dad, when you get your kids around the table, I want you to break out your Bible and have your kids memorize Genesis 5 and 2, I think it is. It says, God created man and woman. <laughs> Just say, kids, let's say this together. God created man and woman, Genesis 5 and 2. I can't believe I have to preach this crap. 
Seriously. To think that you can choose something God designs, you're building a tower of Babel. You can't choose what you are. You can't choose your species. You can't choose your gender. That's God's business, and he's the one that did it. If we somehow think, if we somehow think that, and I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated by the ridiculousness of all this. If we somehow think that we can improve upon God's design, we're fools. Marriage. Marriage is between one man and one woman for life. Human sexuality. You are to have sex in the confines of marriage between one man and one woman at a time forever. I don't know how to define it any clearer. I'm trying to think of all the checklists in my head. Like God designed all of this. This is not for man to tinker with. It's God's chosen order of creation. And anything outside of that is a tower of Babel. Anything outside of that is yeast. Anything outside of that is a spirit of Antichrist. It's not that those people are. It's that the spirit is driving it. I'm not trying to put, put, I'm trying to drive awareness into our hearts, but there should not be hate in our spirits. We should love the fact that lost people need Jesus. We should be a bridge toward people that need him. You can hold judgment in the closed hand and reach for people with an open hand, and it doesn't affect it. God is, God's word is true. I love you, and there's room for you in my world, but I'm not changing one iota of this. The Antichrist spirit in the land seeks to unhook a society from the knowledge of God. Read Romans 1. Vain thinking, God gave them up to do all kinds of perverted, crazy stuff. It is a part of a society that wants to deny the knowledge of God. Romans 1. And so, uh, you know, here's what the Antichrist is working toward. You can just read it in the book of Revelation. This is not like anything I've created. I'm just relaying to you concisely what the Antichrist, when it's revealed as a person, which isn't yet, right now we're dealing with the spirit, He's going to work toward one world currency, okay? He's going to implement technology probably into the actual body to conduct and to control and to limit commerce. He's going to institute and be the head of a one world government. He, he, he has a great desire for chaos so he can seize control from that chaos. He wants there to be economic turmoil and societal uproar to the point that people will give up all their individual rights and national autonomy for just the idea of peace. And he wants to create the idea that there's no God but him, like the, the, this looming state over everything. Here's a problem. Jesus didn't say change would set you free. Jesus said the truth would set you free. And solutions outside of God and his word and the church are a counterfeit gospel and you shouldn't believe it. The gospel of Jesus is the only thing that can heal and change and fix the human heart. The promise of heaven on earth or utopia here otherwise without the need of Jesus is a big lie that's been told since the beginning of Genesis. It's works-based righteousness where one is saved through good vibes. If you go to the Courageous Church, do not send good vibes on Facebook. I'm sending you good vibes. Don't send good vibes. 
say, I'm sending Holy Ghost prayers your way. I'm sending, I'm sending anointed, scripturally based prayers your way. Good vibes. What is that? Oh, I'm taking a dose of my human energy and I'm channeling it toward you like some, you know, 2023, I don't remember, you all remember the Care Bears back in the day? I know I'm reaching way back. But the Care Bears are these little stuffed bears. And when there was a problem, the Care Bears would pull back. They'd pull back their shirts and the little logo on their stomach would shoot a ray of energy to the place where it would change everything. You are not a Care Bear. <laughs> Our appeal is unto God. Our appeal is unto God. And so... We need to protect the family, protect the church, protect gender and marriage and human sexuality. Dads in our homes, okay? Here's what I, I believe dads should do, and this is what I do. I don't do it all the time because they have the attention spans of gnats. But when I sense them veering off or I pick up something in their language or I pick up something in their actions, I prepare a simple Bible study, and I sit the family down, and I preach to my kids. It's way different than this. The volume's the same. <laughs> but I am doing everything I can to give them a godly ethic, a godly worldview, a Jesus first mentality on the world. And dads, if you think they're going to pick it up at school, they're not. And if you think the church alone is going to be the voice that gets through to them. It might be, but it's better if your voice, and you'll have to be eloquent, and you don't have to be prepared. Google the topic, find the scriptures, read it to them, and tell them what it means. And it changes the worldview of your children and gives them handholds and bearings for a world that's lost its mind. Protect the recipe. Keep the yeast out. Just pure delicious root beer. Was that, could you hear that? Did it sound sloppy? That's what I was going for. The family and gender and the church and marriage and homosexuality are not power structures to be torn down. They're God's creations to bring blessing. And, and people think if you're a family with, you know, you have a mom and a dad, you're a privileged oppressor. No, you're not. That's God's plan. I wasn't raised that way. And I watched my mother struggle and work and, 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 and do all. And I'm deeply affected by that. But it doesn't change God's plan for a godly man to give his whole life to a godly woman and raise children that acknowledge and know God. That yeast thinking, the yeast thinking, seeks to tear down all that God has established, thinking somehow that will lift everybody up. It won't. Because here's the secret of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't tear down what is healthy. It lifts up the broken. If you're not in the family, Psalm 68 and 6 says he puts the lonely in families. If you're impoverished, God brings blessings. If you're broken, God doesn't have to break somebody else who has more than you to help you. He can lift you and help you and strengthen you. And so many of our schools to the, you know, if you're in school, they're pointing you to everything and anything but Jesus. But Paul faced this at Mars Hill. And afterwards, he said in 1 Corinthians 2, For I resolved to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
It all starts and begins there with me because I have done the circular route. I have learned and listened to their arguments and I've realized that nothing can fix the human heart but Jesus. And so family is God ordained. It's God ordained authority structure. He started and populated the earth with a family, Adam and Eve, and there was dysfunction right away, but it's still God's authority and it's still God's structure. So Ephesians, this root beer is, you know, <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for it's right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you. Like you gain favor and, and blessing from God when you honor your parents. It may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This is for dads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Like you can't be overly whatever. You can't be too much, which I try to pull back from being too much, and sometimes I've been too much. And you just got to go and say, I'm sorry, and then let them use it against you later when they get mad at you. I don't know what you do. It's got to be vulnerable to be a dad, I guess. Still figuring this crap out after all these years. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction. So instruction is what I'm talking about, where you prepare something and you, you're ready for them to give them a godly worldview. And not just on the things that we reject, but the things we embrace, like love and grace and mercy and the virtues of the fruit of the spirit that come as we get, like all of that needs to be a part of what we share with our kids. It can't just be reject this, it has to be love this. And so obedience and honor belong to the authority of family that God has created. It's not a power structure that leads to oppression. It's a, it's a creation of God that leads to blessing. Amen. And the thief has come to steal and to kill and destroy God's image of order on the earth. It seems like every commercial you see presents family as anything other than God's recipe for family. Two dudes in a Subaru, that's a family. Like it, that's not a family. It's just not a family. And government is leaving its lane of authority and infringing on the authority of the church and the authority of a family by teaching an old problematic idea that a child belongs to a village. Keep your village hands off of my children. Those children are God's gift to me. And I am doing everything I can to lead them to love and to follow after God. And that should be our perception. And that should be our perspective. And that should be what we work toward and do. I am leading these children. Because here's the truth of the matter. Children will almost believe what you tell them because they're designed to be taught. And so we can't just allow people that, that, that disacknowledge God to teach our kids. There's, a, there's a something I read that haunts me about the early church. They would say, regarding the training of their children, they said something to the effect of, do not be surprised if you send your children to Rome for education that they don't come home as Romans. Now, I'm not trying to break out a homeschool epidemic here at the Courageous Church. I am trying to ignite and equip and encourage families to actively shape your child's worldview to realize Jesus is everything that matters. The word of God is all that is truth. 
There is nothing outside of the Bible that we can gain unadulterated, unfettered, untainted truth from. So this is, I'm not super fired up, but I just feel like we got to do a little bit of this today. On Father's Day, it's like, hey, we're not, we're not embracing what is being sold to us. Like many educators today are using their platforms for indoctrination and not instruction. And we got lots of amazing godly teachers here at the Courageous Church, and I honor you and I'm fighting for you today. I am for education, but you have to teach your kids in the home. We don't, and, and we recognize, you know, they're your, your, your children to lead, to, to lead. Like we don't do baptisms for children under 18 without parental consent because children's are not a commodity of the state. They're a blessing and gift to parents from God. And that's why Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. If we don't train up our children, culture will. And so we need to get the yeast out. Yeah. Next one, fathers and mothers need to bring up their children in the ways of God. Single parents, I was raised by one. God's going to fill in the gaps in your life and help you and give you strength. And I pray that God gives you the desires of your heart if it's there. But the fullness of God's plan is mom and dad working together, praying together, working it out. Many of the problems in our culture aren't the result of family. It's a result of a broken image of family. Like men are supposed to be honored in their home and live in ways that cause women to honor them. There's always a few outlying situations, but there is no woman who doesn't want a man that she can respect. And there is no man that doesn't want to be respected by his lady. And so God's recipe for fathers and mothers is to work together like two hands, lifting up the children together unto God. Mothers are the source of care and compassion and instruction, a model of godliness and faith. Like Timothy received a legacy of faith from his mother and grandmother. But fathers are the source of blessing, protection, provision, wisdom, security, stability. Dad, there's a blessing on your hands. Pray for your kids. Speak into your kids. Teach your kids. Open up the Bible and share it with your kids. Set a tone that's different than the tone that society is setting today. God gave you authority not to dominate, but to bless. And so children need to live under the blessing and protection of a family. There's a blessing on family. There's a blessing on fathers. If masculinity is so toxic, why do kids with present and active fathers do so much better than those that don't have it? And why did I spend my whole childhood longing for a dad if masculinity is so toxic? It's not. Don't be domineering. Don't provoke your children to anger. But be the man you are. And so God knew what family you need to be born into, and yet family is very messy. It's a father who can put a coat of many colors on your back like Joseph. He can speak to your gifting and purpose like Joseph. It's also family that can turn that coat of many colors into a blood-stained garment of rejection, disappointment, just like Joseph. But like Joseph, God will redeem and use your family to push you into your promise and purpose if you trust in God. And so keep honor in your heart and grace on your lips and keep pursuing God's best for your life. The Bible says this, a simple recipe, Proverbs 20 and 7. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after them. So legacy is important. 
It's important, sir, that you desire to leave a legacy of faith, a legacy of blessing, and a legacy of integrity for your kids to follow. So that when they talk about their dad, they don't have to explain you to somebody else. You have lived in integrity. You've left no messes. So I want to speak blessing over fathers. Sir, you've got what it takes. And you don't understand the power of your voice. A simple, like, I'm not a great teacher. None of us are with our kids. Here's the deal. I can speak to thousands and have no problems. When it comes to speaking to my kids, they look at it like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, I know what I'm talking about, and you're going to listen to me. <laughs> like, like, it's necessary for fathers to realize that everything God wants you to stand for is actively being attacked But in your home, in your household, and in your church, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in Rome, but we're not Romans. We're in Babylon, but we're not Babylonians. We are citizens of another country. We are the church of the living God whose name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says this about God and his ways. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You know, I'm preaching messages like this. It just hits all kinds of different ways. People walk out, people misinterpret, whatever. All of that happens. It's because the world is so confused about what righteousness is and we have to speak to it. You will never find a solution for peace on earth outside of the Prince of Peace. You will never build a utopia on earth by uniting as one human family. The heart of man is desperately evil and wicked and who can know it? We as the church of God must bow our knees and submit our lives again to the Lord Jesus Christ because there's darkness in the land But the light of God shines brightest in darkness. But like the parables I read to you uh, regarding Jesus' teaching in the last series, you've got to be ready. Your your, your lamps have to have oil in them. Your wick has to be ready because he's coming in an hour that we do not know. And I would hate for us to be like Lot's wife who lived in Sodom and Gomorrah so long and loved the people so much that it was time to flee. It was so in her heart. She looked back in the Old Testament. The Bible says that she was turned to a pillar of salt. I don't want to lead my family that way. I don't want you to lead your family that way. God is great. His love is real. His power is pure. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. His truth endures to every generation. The goodness of everything is only found in God. And that is the strength and power we need today. Do not believe the world's lies. Don't think. And I know you don't, but I feel feel the pushing. Uh, Don't think that any human solution will trump. God's solution over your problem or difficulty. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, I speak a blessing over fathers. I speak a blessing on this day. I speak a blessing on dads. 
Lord, let them, if they've struggled to find their voice, Lord, help them to find their voice. It's not about doing it perfect. It's just about doing it. It's about stepping into the tension. Just saying, you know what? This is not the direction of our household. This is not who we are, what we're about. Here's the story of how Jesus changed my life. And I want you to know it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, now in your great name, I pray, Lord, that, that men would hunger and thirst after righteousness. Lord Jesus, I pray that men would hunger and thirst after righteousness, to love their, lot, their wives only with purity in their souls. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be the Lord of their lives, that distraction and temptation would not overcome them, Lord, but that a hunger and desire to seek you, a love and desire for your word would be first and foremost in their minds, God. Oh, Jesus. I pray in this house, an army of men who are sold out to their families, who are sold out to their gods, who won't spend one day following after temptation or evil, Lord Jesus, who will be honest with their struggles and unite with other men, men who are not islands unto themselves, but men who have the strength of, a, of an army with them. Jesus, no lone wolves, but the strength of a wolf pack. I pray the grace of God the help of God and the glory of God in this room. And now as your eyes are still closed, your head is still bowed, understand that this whole world that we're living in is going to burn. It'll be consumed with a heat unlike anything we've ever seen before. Jesus is coming back and we live in this beautiful time of grace when you can put your faith in him when you can accept him as your Lord and Savior, when you can believe in his goodness and receive his righteousness that you do not deserve based upon his love for you and his goodness and the fact that he took upon himself the curse you should have suffered for your sin on the cross of Calvary. You can be forgiven, set free, and made whole. Receive the great salvation of God. Like That can happen. And it begins with you acknowledging him in prayer and faith. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do tag us at the Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.